Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today on the Modern MBA, we're speaking with Lucy Chang Evans, who as an engineer turned Secret Service agent, now pursuing her MBA online, is a perfect example of an MBA from an unorthodox background. So Lucy, can I ask you um, to start off just by introducing yourself and tell us your name, where you're from and where where you're doing your MBA? I'm Lucy Chang Evans and I live in Naperville, Illinois in the United States and I'm earning my MBA at the University of Illinois Geese College of Business, which is in Urbana-Champaign, Illinois. The school's in Illinois, but the school, the actual um, program is 100% online. Um, so we'll come back to your MBA experience a little bit later on. But first of all, let's talk about your early career. Um, so you started out in engineering and then you actually made a pre-MBA career switch um, into quite an interesting and exciting area. Um, can I ask you just to sort of talk us through the the early part of your career? Sure. So I started off, so I went to college in the early to mid 90s. And so just as a background, that was during a pretty big recession in the US. And I just wanted to play it safe and get a good job. So I majored in civil engineering. So I started off working for a large consulting firm. And my first job was designing roadway drainage. Uh, it's it's not exciting, but it's a great job. But after a couple of years, I started to get bored and look around. So um, Six years later, I made this, it's a long process, but to get to that decision, but six years later, I made the decision to become a secret service agent. So after about six years, I I became a secret service agent and I was an agent for about a year and a half. How long did it take you to actually go through the process? Okay. So from beginning to end, it was about three years. So that was like the longest three years of my life. Actually, no, I I take it back. It was longer than the three years. The job application process was three years. So I'll actually back up and talk about that. So after about three years in engineering, I met uh, another engineer who told me that he was wrapping up the hiring process to become an FBI agent. And I was just flabbergasted. I said, what are you talking about? You're, we're all engineers here. You can't be an FBI agent. And he said, no, no, they're recruiting engineers right now. They're looking for people with technical backgrounds. And he said, call them up yourself and, and you'll find out. Sure enough, I called up an FBI recruiter and she encouraged me to apply. So I went ahead and applied and I the FBI application process has three phases and the first phase is supposed to be the easy one. It's a written test. I didn't pass. (laughs) So, so if you don't pass the first test, you have to wait a year before you can pass again. So I sat out for a year, took the test again, passed it, but then there was a hiring freeze. So I was just sitting around as an engineer board and, um, you know, now I got the bug that I wanted to be a special agent. So I went ahead and looked around at other, uh, other special agent careers and I found the secret service. So I contacted the secret service and sure enough, they said, yes, go ahead and apply. So I applied to the secret service and that process 
took about a year. And for you to get hired within a year is pretty fast in the federal government. So um, it was shortly after September 11th when I got hired. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, because actually I, I didn't have to told anyone this, I don't think, except for my mom. But when I, after the MBA, I actually also, I looked at the Secret Service and FBI just just for the fun of it. I was like, let me just have a look. And I just think it's the it's so cool. It's so mysterious and sexy and yeah. Anyways, I will let you carry on with your story, but I'm I'm very 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 much intrigued. Yeah, well that I mean that was that was it. I was uh the Secret Service, one of the things that um their application process, the the, the process to become an agent is just it's arduous, I, I would say. It's it's very intensive. So um, one of the things that I had to go through was a panel interview where I was interviewed by three uh, Secret Service agents. And one of the agents, the only female in the room, she said, you know, one of the things that I love about this job is that I get to see things that no one else in the world, very few people in the world get to see. So I have to agree with, after having been on the job, I have to agree with her. There are so many things that experiences that you just can't buy anywhere. And that's been my favorite part of that career. And once you make it through like the selection process, what's like the, what's the training process like? So the training is six months. And for me, so the, for secret service training, it's three months at FLETSI, which stands for the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center and then three months at the Secret Service JJRTC, which is James J. Rowley Training Center. And that's uh, that's in the D.C. area. So three months as a basic spe- for basic special agent training at Fletzy. It's all very physical. Um, there's a lot of they call it PT uh, physical training and there's a lot of firearms training. Um, and then there's a lot of classroom training where you learn all about law enforcement. Um, uh, you know, this was fun. There, there was a whole class on deception. So lie detection <laughs> in like in, in, in body language and in gestures. And those were the, I, I love those classes, but um, yeah, a lot of classroom time, especially learning about learning about the law and learning how to enforce the law. So uh, control tactics, which is you trying to you know, handle a criminal defense tactics, you trying to defend yourself against a combative criminal (laughs) and uh, lots of different, uh, just every aspect of law enforcement. It was at Fletzy. Actually, it's funny. My youngest brother has just become an NYPD officer. And, and, um, and uh, when was it? It was, I think it was, that wasn't Mother's Day, Father's Day. I I call up my family and my brother's practicing handcuffing my mom. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know there was a there was a whole method to it because I, you know, I'm five two. I have small hands and they want you to learn how to handcuff someone with just one hand. So your other hand is free and your brother's lucky your mom is uh, willing to um, practice with him because we had to practice on each other. And it, it was just it was very surreal to me that because one day I'm an engineer, the next day I'm just trying to handcuff, you know, my my fellow classmate. And, you know, sometimes they would pretend to be combative and it's harder to get those things on. 
I was gonna say like what was the what was the transition like going from kind of like a relatively I suppose like office but or like a a sort of quite traditional professional role to suddenly something which is much more you know much more kind of front-facing and it it must have been quite a a strange transition to make oh absolutely that was like a a cold splash of water in the face to me because um most uh people at least half of my class was secret service the other half was mostly um the state department diplomatic security service which is another uh law uh, protection agency and most people were prior law enforcement and i was i had zero i i had only handled a firearm once before that so i had no training i didn't even i don't know why i didn't think about this because i really researched i swear i researched the career a lot but i didn't realize uh how much hands-on um you know getting punched in the face that we were going to have to have in training so um that was tough for me. It was, there's a lot of, like I said, control tactics and defense tactics. You have to wear pads and let your classmates punch you <laughs> and, and hit, hit we with a padded baton and, um, you know, pretend to resist arrest and you're trying to take them down and they're not going down. <laughs> so I guess obviously the, the very nature of the role, um, means that this, this might be difficult to talk about, but I suppose we have to ask you like, what would be kind of like the, the most sort of, you know, you referenced that you had some amazing experiences. What would be the, the most kind of memorable experience from your, from your time in that role? Well, you know, I should, uh, I should also have gone a little deeper into the second half of the training, which is the secret service, uh, specific training. So at, um, JJRTC, which is the secret service training facility, we got to, you know, do these obstacle courses, driving old presidential limos, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're pretend you're, um, simulating assassination, uh, scenarios. So, you know, I'm trying to drive this giant Hulk of a, of a limo through, you know, a, a maze of cones. <laughs> and, um, and then there's, you know, there's different, uh, assault on the protectee, uh, type scenarios. So that was just, that was really amazing. And so one of the, um, like I said, uh, there are things that no one else gets to see. So my, my, um, most popular story that I tend to tell people is that after I graduated, it was probably only a couple months after I graduated, I was assigned to post stand in front of president, uh, George W. Bush's hotel room door. So all I had to do was stand there. That was my one job, <laughs> stand in front of the door until he co- he finishes his speaking engagement and comes back into the room. So I stood there and, you know, he had the Secret Service earpiece. So uh, I'm listening. I can hear that he's coming, his details with him. And so I move away from the door so he can go into the room. And he moved over to stand in front of me where I was. And so it was about maybe two or three seconds. So we're just staring at each other. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to get in trouble if I say something to him, but I don't know why he's looking at me. (laughs) And uh, so it was just this awkward staring contest. And then um, his detail leader told him to go ahead and go inside the room. They opened the door and said, sir, go ahead and go inside. And I thought, okay, that was weird. I don't, I don't understand that. 
so um, I was done. I went back to the security room where I was supposed to go after after his detail took over the uh, post standing in front of the door. And somebody came over to me and she said, what? She was looking at me and I had really long hair. So my hair had been covering my identification pin <laughs> that the, that would have let you know, the president know that, hey, I'm one of your agents. It was it was covered up. So he thought I was just some person that worked for the hotel and I was there to greet him and say something to him, you know. And uh, so that took care of that. I, I always had I always made sure that my hair was <laughs> was not covering my I did my ID pin after that. Oh my god, I love it. Um, all right, so tell us about what kind of came next. So, I did you? It looks like you kind of made a move back to engineering before the MBA. Is is that correct? Yes, but there's a big ten year uh, gap in between there. So, I in my um, training at Fletzy, I met my first husband. He was in my training class, and we dated long distance. He was in the Washington field office with the diplomatic security service. And I was in the Los Angeles field office with the secret service. So we used to fly back and forth, you know, just to, just to stay together. And after about a year that became tiring. And I was actually the being a secret service agent, that's exhausting. And him being a DS agent, that was exhausting too. So after about a year, we knew we were going to get married and I decided to leave the secret service so I could move to DC and marry him and start a family. So that's one of the regrets that I, <laughs> the career regrets that I have, but uh, I'm glad it happened. But yes, so I quit my job and we got married and started a family within a couple of years and we've had three kids together. And after being married for 10 years, we decided to divorce and I had to get back to work. So that's why, that's how I returned to engineering. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's so, um, it's, I hadn't really thought about it actually, but I guess for women in particular, if you're in those kind of those like frontline roles where it is very physical, it must be so hard to even like consider the idea of trying to balance that with having a family. And then on top of that, you've obviously got, as you said, you know, the crazy schedule and all the travel and, and stuff as well. One of the reasons I did leave the secret service was because I was in the Los Angeles field office. There were um, eight male agents for every female agent. And I only knew of one agent, one female agent in the entire office who had a kid. And I think later around the time I was leaving, there were two that were pregnant, but I, I didn't understand how anybody could even raise a child because I had to travel all the time. So I remember thinking, even if I can have a baby, (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to raise this kid without a live-in nanny or, you know, I didn't have any family that could, you know, help raise my children. So I thought, you know, I wanted to raise my children myself. And, and especially since my, my ex-husband, he was in the same job. Neither of us could have raised a kid with both of us being special agents. Yeah. That's like you say, especially when it's both of you, it's um, yeah, pretty much impossible, I guess. Um, Okay. So tell us a bit about um, what brought you to the MBA. What was it that made you decide that you wanted to do one? Well, you know, when I was in my, around the time I was also looking into being a special agent, 
I was, I was considering an MBA and I really, I've always wanted to get an MBA, but I remember at the time I was, I thought to myself, God, it's so expensive. <laughs> I, I didn't want to have to, you know, put in this big, um, financial commitment. And I felt like it might be even golden handcuffs where it's like, okay, you're taking out these loans to get a business degree. You better, you better have a really good job lined up when you, when you get out. But, you know, I, I took the law enforcement route, but, um, after returning to engineering, after a few years, I realized that, um, I was never going to, there's not much upward mobility in engineering. And it was a, it was not a very healthy work environment. And so I decided, Hey, you know what, now, now would be the time I should, I should just go ahead and get one. I felt a little old. I actually, <laughs> I went to a, um, a preview day at one of the big schools out here. And I was the oldest one there. I'm, I was 48 at the time and everyone else looked like they were 27. And I remember thinking, no, this is not for me. I, I, I think I need to find a program where there's a little bit more diversity in age and background. So that's when I discovered the University of Illinois. And uh, man, the price tag is is uh, very affordable for me. So I know that I will graduate without debt. Yeah. And I think that's an important consideration, like, and especially if you are doing it a bit later on in life as well. Um, yeah. You know, you don't want to be coming out with like a, a crazy amount of debt and then having to having what you want to do afterwards be really constrained by that. So you're currently halfway through the program. How How is it going and what parts of the course, course are you actually, you know, finding most interesting, maybe cha most challenging as well? Well, it's going great. Uh, because the University of Illinois uh, MBA program is online, we didn't miss a beat during the pandemic shutdown, which was perfect for me. Oh, and I should also add, I have three kids. They are 15, 12, and 10. So another wonderful um, benefit of having an online program is my kids were home all day in the pandemic shutdown. So, and, and I it's not like they can have childcare or anything. So we were all home, <laughs> all e-learning. And um, I was able to be home and help them with their e-learning while, while going to school. So I'm still on track to graduate in about a year. And I think the most enjoy enjoyable parts of the program for me have been rediscovering my aptitude for qualitative learning. As an engineer, it was just, it was all technical, but um in this program, uh, creativity is an integral part of the problem-solving equation, and I've kind of gotten more in touch with, uh, you know, my creative side. And so then, I guess the million-dollar question is, what, what are your plans for after the course? You've been an engineer, a Secret Service agent. What's, what's next? Well, I'm still undecided. I'm, you know, I'm about halfway through the program, and one of the issues that ha has... Uh, been with me my whole life is that I am equally right-brained and left-brained. I've taken so many aptitude tests and I'm always right there in the middle. So it's hard for me to choose, you know, uh, qualitative over quantitative. So um, I'm still looking it over. I'm looking into getting into the carbon market. And uh, that's kind of 
the carbon offset market and um, in like agriculture, you know, sustainability is something I want to be able to address in my next career and working with the agricultural industry to incentivize farming practices that reduce greenhouse gases and improve water quality is that's on my list of possibilities. That's, that's brilliant. That's really cool. So I guess the final question, and I'm not sure where I want to take it, to be honest. It's kind of open-ended because, you know, what, you know, what advice would you give? I suppose the first one that pops to my mind is really to to women who maybe are moms, maybe they're, you know, they're not 30. So you said you were 48 when you signed up. Um, women that, you know, are have older children making a, a career switch later than than earlier, what advice would you give them? Well, I would say go for it. Uh, No time is a perfect time to get an MBA, but now there are so many different MBA programs out there. So chances are high that you can find a program that meets all of your needs. So it's never too late to improve yourself and and learn new marketable skills. Brilliant. And how about for engineers? Um, Do you find there are the skills, like what skills have crossed over and, and what skills do you think people might need to to work on before they join the MBA? Well, for engineers, a lot of engineers are are maybe missing soft skills, you know, just interpersonal skills. They might have a harder time um, understanding how their, how their behavior affects others and how to explain themselves in a way, you know, you kind of have to speak different languages in engineering versus, you know, marketing or something. So that's something that you can learn in the MBA program. You know, it's almost like learning another language, learning the language of business. So um, that's something that they work on, but you can get it through the MBA. And as far as uh, what they bring is, you know, just the technical knowledge. Um, In my statistics class, a lot of people that had purely qualitative backgrounds were completely lost. But us, we engineers, we, we were just, we were loving every minute of it. And you worked with people in law enforcement. And and, and again, what kind of skills, what, what would you say to that group of people? Well, law enforcement, you've got law enforcement officers have very strong interpersonal skills. There are so many things you pick up in the, in the job, just human behavior and knowing when someone's lying to you and uh and just having a great sense of humor about yourself so i think it's it's very it's easy for a law enforcement there, there are a few law enforcement officers in my program and it's very easy to make that transition some of them might be lacking in um you know the technical the technical skills or the um just even the straight up math skills with you know like statistics but it's you can easily work around it. That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.